Hey guys, I'm gonna take a second and tell you all about First Line Fire Service Training. It's a badass page on Facebook. I encourage every single one of you to go and follow them. Dennis is a retired fire chief. He's been a huge supporter of our show for since the very beginning. He's believed in Third Alarm Cowboys and our mission of making firefighters better. Dennis also has the same mission of being able to train firefighters, make them better. He's using all of his years of experience of 20 plus years, plus his military background to offer training ideas. He travels all around the country, speaking at different conferences, trying to help guys get better when it comes to their tactical ability, when it comes to their physical ability and everything in between. He's really pushing things to the limits, especially for an older guy that's retired. He's still getting up every single day putting his gear on, going out in the driveway, doing crazy-ass workouts that most of us couldn't even handle. He's still getting out there getting it done. He also does a weekly training video on first-line fire service training, offering up when every type of uh, tactical and operational skills that he's learned throughout his career through working from other people. One thing that's really impressive to me about Dennis is that he – owns the fact that most of the things that he has learned and sharing are things that he learned from other people when he's just passing that on. That's something that he and I have in common. He's taking all the information he took from his career and sharing it on to the next generation to make the next generation solid and better firefighters. That's a great mentality to have. He's the kind of guy that people should be listening to when it comes to learning about what to do in the fire service with their career, with their tactics, and with their operations. So y'all go check them out on Facebook, First Line Fire Service Training, LLC. Send Dennis a message that you heard about his business from our show. If you're putting on any kind of training conference, Dennis is the guy that you need to contact. Get him in the door and let him share his knowledge to make the people in your area that are attending the conference better. And just know that... I support his business and he supports mine. And that's the kind of people that we need in the fire service to make us all better and stronger. I'm going to also take a second to tell you all about one of our show sponsors. That's Norse Fire Equipment out of North Dakota. Whenever I first started talking about having sponsors for the show, I really wanted it to be genuine businesses that are firefighter owned and operated and people that have good business ethics and have a good mission. Matt Vercota reached out to me from Norse Fire Equipment. He and I have spoken and, and talked back and forth a little bit, got to know each other, and he seems to have fit that criteria. He's a full-time firefighter and founded this company in 2020 to provide a good place for firefighters to be able to get equipment that they needed to be able to do their job and have it at a good price and just good quality equipment instead of some of these places that want to sell you real cheap crap. For... Y'all go over to norsefireequipment.com coupon code cowboy five that'll get you five percent off on your online orders all right guys on with the show dispatch to all units this is a third alarm switch to the tack channel Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tech Channel. I'm your host, Heath Meredith. This is the Third Alarm Cowboys podcast. This is the podcast for firefighters. We talk about real-life situations, stuff in your stations like leadership and promotions, even some things in, in your home life, 
like relationships, finances, you name it, we talk about it. Some things may be a little controversial, but that's real life, and that's what we're going to talk about on this show. Guys, welcome back. It has been a hell of a week for me. Uh, some of you may know, and if not, the rest of you are about to find out. Um, I have accepted a position at a, uh, at a fire department in the Houston, Texas area. I decided, uh, after a lot of thought and going back and forth with my wife and, and trying to figure out exactly what my next direction would be and what I needed to do, whether it was to stay in the industrial setting, whether it was to look for a, you know, another officer position at an ESD or a city or, you know, try to look into doing that sort of uh, type of lateral move or, what exactly we needed to do that would be the best fit for me, the best uh, options for our, our family, looking at schedules, looking at benefits, just all that different stuff. I, I've been pretty blessed that I was in a position for this time in my life of, of making career moves and all that, that I didn't have to choose a job out of desperation. I didn't have to settle for a department that had a lot of unknowns i didn't have to basically i didn't have to believe any bullshit or uh, take someone you know and and hope that the things that they were promising were actually true for me in my career in the direction that everything that i wanted to go i've done that in the past as as many of you know i've taken lateral moves going as a captain from this department to another department um, basically taking somebody at their word that yeah we need you over here and you're going to get this promotion and this is what we're paying and we're going to do this schedule and i get there and i'm there a few months and it doesn't come true um, it's everything but that if, if not it was the absolute opposite of them, some of the things that i've been promised before in my career in my life and uh, I'm sure many of you have been through that same sort of situation. So this was a, a very different for me. I did have some options on the table on what I wanted to do. Um, I actually had two very good job offers sitting at the same time. One sitting in the plants, uh, staying as an industrial firefighter, um, in which the, uh, the money was, uh, was way better uh, than what I ended up ultimately accepting. And uh, so I'm going to talk a little bit on this show. It, I'm, it isn't going to be super long because I'm about to have to go back to work. But I wanted to kind of talk to y'all and and talk about adjustments and how you know sometimes the things that you're used to doing, sometimes the directions that you're used to taking, whether it be in your life, whether it's in your career, or even operationally. You got to make adjustments on the fly. You know, firefighters were problem solvers. We're great at doing that when it comes to emergency scenes, adjusting to what the fire decides to, to throw you a curveball. You handle that shit. Whether it's you know a badass extrication and you've never seen the car a car that's fucked up in this way, and so you just make adjustments and you handle it. Well, that's something that I've had to do <laughs> this week. You know, as many of you know, I've been in the officer seat now almost eight years. And just for, for complete clarification, this position that I accepted is starting completely over. Um, the department that I'm going to, that is, is how they operate. It's a larger department, and there is nobody that comes in from the top, if you will. There's no lateral transfers to officer positions, none of that shit. Everybody starts over day one, square one, and you earn your way up. Which is awesome, 
Um, it means that everybody's gone through exactly what I'm having to go through. Everybody earns their place. The promotional processes actually have a true dead set guideline. There is none of this, you know, Chiefs boy, um, I'm going to promote my buddy bullshit. There's none of that. Um, there's none of this hiring my buddies from the outside to come in and, you know, build the entire command staff. There's, there's none of that stuff. It's everybody comes in, everybody works their way up from the bottom. Which is really cool, but it's not something that I've experienced in probably, uh, you know, 12 to 15 years ago am I having to do some of the things that I've been having to do. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's an adjustment. I will, uh, I'll be the first one to be completely transparent and say that, you know, the thought processes that you go through, um, so just for instance, my, my first shift was the other day. I worked, uh, we work at 4896, so I worked my 48. We made four fucking fires on my very first day. Welcome back to Houston, baby. Um, I love it. That's that's the thing about that area. Anywhere in the Houston, Texas area, you're going to make fires. That's the thing about it. And that is one thing my wife and I talked about. And I was like, you know, baby, I I miss this shit. I miss doing this. And so I'm back. And... You know, I will be the first one to say this. You know, I've been out. I've been in the industrial setting for two years. And I'm a little rusty when it comes to some of that stuff. My thought processes and everything are 100% still there. But the muscle memory of apartment fires, commercial fires like what we had, the residential fires. It's something that I haven't done in two years. So... It was kind of a little bit of an eye-opening experience. Now, my body kicked in and, you know, started going in and doing I did the things that I needed to do, but I will say it was a little rusty. And it's like, oh, shit, yeah, okay, this is how we do this. This is how we do this. This is how we do this. And just all the different motions because it's a, it's a very big difference from industrial where it's a lot of hazmat and pipelines, high-pressure stuff, and just all the different situations. It's completely different. And it made me kind of think how... Even even whenever it comes to like what a lot of guys in, in the municipal world, if you're riding the ambulance and you've been on that ambulance, say, you know, at Houston Fire Department, when you promote to EO, you spend the first two to three years that you promote to EO on a ambulance, driving an ambulance. You are the designated ambulance operator, driver, operator, whatever. So you drive that. So when you go, even though you're an EO, you're an engineer, it's two to three years before you start driving a fire apparatus again. So it's it's a little different. It's in the same capacity. You got to knock some of that rust off. You got to make adjustments when you do get over to that apparatus. And that's something I kind of had to had to deal with. It's like, oh shit, okay. And then another little curveball for me is it's been fucking years, y'all, since I've rode road nozzle riding backwards on a fire truck, um, being first line. It's different. It's way different. I mean, all the rookie shit is all the rookie shit. You know, wash the dishes, mop the floors, make sure you're making coffee, all the stuff that we all already know. That shit's still all the same. But And I was completely honest with my crew, and I think that they really did respect me for it because I was like, look, guys, you know, I have the experience, and they have not discredited me the experience at all. That's not been um, – that not at all did I walk in and they were like, hey, you know – your experience doesn't mean shit. They have not said that at all. But what they did say is, hey, this is how we operate on this crew. We have a high uh, call volume fire tempo here. You're coming in. You're going to be riding first line. You got to get it. And we're going to get you trained. 
knock the rust off and all that shit and we did and we did and it's a, it's an ever evolving process for me because something that's another element for me is for the last 8 years when I come off that fire truck I'm thinking in the officer capacity. So in my mind, I see a fire scene. I'm, I'm thinking about command. I'm thinking about scene safety. I'm thinking about which other agencies or mutual aid companies that need to be called to handle this situation. I'm thinking about all that shit. Well, now that I'm riding backwards, my mind is, oh shit, okay, hell, that house is that far away. All right, I need to pull this cross leg and get to the front door. It's a lot simpler of a thought process, but it's not something I've done in a long time. I, I'm basically, I don't want to say that I have to kind of dumb myself down, but I do have to adjust my mindset on what is actually in my control that I need to be handling in my role now versus what it was for the last eight years or so. So that's something that's a little different for me, and um, I'm learning, and you know, the crew has been phenomenal. We did some some pretty badass shit on some of the fires, made a uh, my very first fire there. Right out the fucking gate, ended up turning into a two-alarm commercial fire. Very large structure. Half of it was a sawmill-type um, setting where they were making lumber and packaging lumber, forklifts, all that kind of shit on the outside. And the inside had a fab shop, welding shop, all this stuff with a hallway and offices and everything like that. And we made a pretty good stop um, on everything, protecting all that interior uh, side of equipment and manufacturing and all that shit. And... Um, so all in all, as far as for what we were able to do uh, on scene, plus a, another different dynamic that is not something I've dealt with in a while, is um, being very limited on hydrants. The areas in Houston where I've worked in the past, hydrants were not an issue. You pretty much could pull, you could skull drag 100 foot and catch a hydrant in any direction. Um, it's been years ago, I'd say probably eight, seven to eight years ago in my career, that I had to worry about tanker operations and setting up dump tanks and just all that kind of shit. So it, it's not any kind of elements of the fire service that I haven't necessarily experienced, but it's in a completely different setting because it's in a super high population area of, you know, basically city, high compact, high population city that it, is everything you can imagine when it comes... I mean, it is in fucking Houston, but because the infrastructure, the population outgrew the infrastructure, there the infrastructure has not ever been developed since the damn 40s and 50s and all that. They just dealt with. So, like, sewer systems and water systems and all that stuff that you would normally have in your huge metropolis cities and shit, this little specific area doesn't have it. So... It's just, there's just a lot of different dynamics, and that's what I got to think about. Like, man, it's a lot of adjustments that you have to make. So you can encompass all the things you've experienced in your career, but now I've got to fold it all up and make it fit into this spot. And so it was pretty cool. It was definitely, uh, it was definitely interesting. Um, <laughs> you know, as many of you know, I'm, I'm not a small guy. And, um, you know, the last few years have not been that easy on my, on my body and my, my, uh, physical fitness has not been really what it needed to be. Um, had to go through some changes and whatnot to be able to, um, to have a child and just all the different things I've had to deal with in my personal life. And this shift with, with us doing our, you know, first shift 
training and me learning the truck and getting to know all the different things they need to do like the different hose loads and and um learning to pull those and just all that different stuff plus making the fires and everything uh i got home and my body was like all right buddy you're not 18 anymore but all right we're gonna get it so uh that's another adjustment i need to um i'm having to kind of adjust and whatnot on my um, training regiment that I've been doing as far as to getting my sh- physique and shape into where I need it to be and want it to be. It's a different position when you're riding in the officer seat on what you need to be able to do and pull and all that kind of shit versus whenever you're riding first line and you're riding on the nozzle. Um, it's just every single spot has um, different criteria that you need to do and I think that that's something that's overlooked and one of the things my crew and I was talking about because the guy that's riding backwards with me very young guy uh, in pretty good shape just got out of fire academy all that stuff just graduated high school like fucking three days ago damn near I mean he's 18 years old skinny guy in shape just go 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 but we were talking about it afterwards so you know, when it came, when we were doing the drills and doing some of the uh, the maze type drills that we were doing at the station prior to one of the fires, you know, you're going through all these little tight, confined space and kind of manipulating all that stuff. I know most of you have done drills where like a maze type drill. For me, that is fucking hard. That's a hard drill. I'm a big dude. Um, I mean, even, even when I'm at my fighting weight, I'm still a big dude. My shoulders are always going to be big no matter what. And to get through 16 centers and manipulate this way and that way and take your pack off and slide it through the hole and go down this tube and that tube and just all that different shit, that is a struggle for me. No matter what, it will always be a struggle. And this guy, it ain't shit for him. He just flip-flop slides and everything through all these different spots. He didn't have that many issues when it came to uh, to the confined space and all this, that, and the other. And, I, and I'm not hating on him at all. Uh, I'm really just I'm wanting to paint a picture for you guys uh, because we're all built different and that's something that is what the conversation we were having because he was talking about how he struggles with you know putting a two and a half on the ground and having to advance it after it's already charged and all that kind of stuff that's a struggle for him which for somebody like me it, that's not as hard you know handling handling hose for me is not complicated at all where some of these guys that are built smaller or whatnot it beats the shit out of them. So that's something that's pretty cool about the fire service that we've always taken into consideration in years past was stacking crews to adjust for different situations. You know, I, and I was telling them one of the best crews that I ever had like that. I had a guy that made me look like a little midget. I mean, he was massive. Just we call we called him Hulk because he was just. 6'3", 6'4", I mean, I had to look up to him. I'm 6'2", and he was taller than me, so that says something. Not very many men on this planet are bigger than me, and he was. So he was a big dude, built like a fucking refrigerator, and solid. When you work out with a guy, and he's warming up with 315, you know that this shit is about to fucking hurt. And that's the way he was. Just built like a fucking solid refrigerator. And so when it came to any kind of shit like that, forced entry, moving hose, he was a man. And then the other crew member that I had was a female, and she weighed about a buck thirty, buck forty. So when it came to confined space stuff or going up in an attic and all that kind of shit, she was it. So that was something that I always thought was a really smart move that a lot of um, 
you know, chief officers and what's whatnot, or, or officers in general would try to do is stack their crews like that to be able to make those different adjustments for different job assignments. You know, a big guy like me, I'll get on a roof all day long, but in all actuality, if it, the roof is already compromised and you have somebody that's lighter and smaller on the crew that you need to get up there and cut a hole real quick, it's it's actually smarter to put that lighter weight person on the roof because they're not going to put as much pressure on those compromised spots so it's just all little different things like that where i'm seeing an issue when it comes to some of those deals is all this major standardization when it comes to physical fitness needs or uniform needs kind of like how the military you have to basically the military specifically like the air force they want every single one of their members to be like built like a fucking a pencil just tall and skinny well, that's great for military because you have so many people in your platoon or whatever you want to call it on your team that you don't necessarily have all the different issues like you do when it comes to a, a fire crew. Like one element of where I'm working at now, it's a very busy station, but our next in company, 10 minutes out. So if we don't have our crews set up right and our crews don't know their assignments, the proper way to be able to handle the shit, it can make a long, that's a long ass 10 minutes, y'all. So that's just something that, that we were kind of talking about as a crew afterward. And, and I was really just kind of complimenting um, the thought process behind that, that this department actually thinks about shit like that. Whereas I know a lot of places are like, man, we just need it. We just need somebody, a certification and a pulse. That's all we need. We can't even have the ability to, truly start thinking about how to stack crews the best to get job assignments done and to make those different adjustments when needed to handle different situations. A lot of departments can't do that. So, you know, I, I was highly impressed with that. I was highly impressed with my very first shift. I got my fucking ass kicked. <laughs> it took me about a day and a half to feel normal again. I was I was slamming the fucking Pedialyte in the water. I mean, not to mention it was about 110 degrees outside my entire fucking shift. And I mean, we were in gear, whether it was from training or making the fires, we were in gear for fucking hours and hours and hours. So um, that's something that I'm definitely going to have to work on. And, and I was open and honest with that. That is not an element that I'm specifically used to. As an officer, I did not have to spend as much fucking time in full gear with an air pack and a mask than what a lot of firefighters have to do. And I understood that, and I was always one that kind of, I tried to, you know, necessarily, I tried to cater when it came to whether the training situations or whatever, I tried to cater it a little bit to adjust for that, whether it was, you know, the elements outside, or if we had been burning the fucking world down, um, you know, if, if the guys are in gear a shitload of the time and whatnot, then we're going to do a little bit of different training that may not necessarily be in full gear in, in an air pack and all that. So, I, I, you know, that's something you just kind of have to adjust on the fly and whatnot. And that's something that we're doing on this crew. Uh, it just so happened, you know, it's my first shift. So, I had to just prove that I knew some of those basics. And some of them I was a little rusty at because it's shit that I haven't had to do in 8 to 10 years. And the crew was very, uh, very understanding of that. And they could tell after I did it two or three times it was like, they were like, oh yeah, you're fucking getting faster and faster and faster. I mean, like the first time I did, I had to do gear drills, guys. So that's something I, I want everybody to understand is, you know, we sit here and talk. We could talk all day long 
about wanting to make a change or you're sick of where you're working so you're wanting to go somewhere else. Well, sometimes you have to make that decision like I did. I'm having to eat a little bit of crow. I'm having to um, swallow my pride. And this is a department that I want to be at. This is a department that has the reputation of of a department that I want to be a part of. And I want to be able to be proud of where I'm working, and this department has that. So the element of that is I have to swallow my pride and say, yes, I've been an officer for eight years. It's been great experience. It's on my fucking resume. You'll never be able to take it away from me. But in order to work here, I have to do this. And so I'm doing that. And that is a commitment. And one of my best friends, he and I were talking about just all this the other day uh, when I was driving, and he was talking about, one of the things that he's always admired about me is that I have the ability to make a commitment or I have an ability to stick with my principles and the things that I believe in all the way to the bitter end, whether it's um, you know for good, bad, or ugly, however you want to look at it. And that's something that he and I were kind of going back and forth on on different examples. I mean, for instance, he was there. He's one of the few people that was truly there beside me as a best friend throughout the process of when I was at a department that was absolutely so toxic and so terrible that I gave up my position at that point in time of being a captain for four, almost five years, senior captain riding the battalion car. I was one of the only cleared ride-up battalions, guys, which means I was next up. I was on the peg to get to promote to a fucking battalion chief at a department that burns, whereas now... Today, um, five years later, give or take, four or five years later, or no, not quite, about four years later, I'm now starting completely the fuck over day one rookie because I had to make them a commitment to myself and, and flat out just say, I cannot deal with this level of corruption and hateful leadership anymore. And what that cost personally for me is something that I really hope that everybody can kind of understand. I know that it's just words coming through speakers to y'all. But what you have to understand at that point in time, I'm a ride-up battalion chief, senior captain, going to the ladder truck, which was my dream position to be senior captain on the ladder truck. That's what I wanted to do. We're cross-staffing the ladder at this time. I'm making a phenomenal fucking salary. The best pension that's available in the state of fucking Texas. Have a phenomenal crew. Some of those guys are still my some of my best friends to this day. But went through because I had put every ounce of everything I had into that department. And still the department was not making proper changes. Was not going in a good direction. And just... Every horror story y'all have heard me talk about on this show that was happening there, I made the commitment that it had cost me enough. It had cost me a marriage. It was costing my sanity. Guys, my the stress level being a place that that's toxic, the stress that it was putting on me, my resting blood pressure. When I woke up in the morning, I'm in my I'm gonna get a little hippie on you, whatever. But my homeostasis or homeogen, whatever the fuck, uh, state where you're at your most relaxed, that your body and your hormones and all the fucking atoms and shit that's inside you, when it's at your most relaxed, my resting blood pressure was 210 over 190. That's unacceptable. 
completely unacceptable. And that's the reason why I'm so hardcore and passionate about the things I talk about on this show and guys taking care of each other because it was an absolute fucking snake pit. Absolute snake pit. So what that ended up costing me, my health obviously was shit to be able to get those check marks on my resume and have those bugles on my fucking collar and on my fucking chest. That's what it was costing me. It was my health. Cost me a fucking you know marriage and all that shit. Well, with that goes... Um, I had a beautiful fucking lake house on a private fucking lake. Brand new fucking trucks. Motorcycle. Um, fuck, what else? I was sitting on five and a half five and a half private on uh, five and a half acres on a private lake that looked like a fucking golf course guys it was it's a fucking home like a log cabin home with a wraparound porch all the way around that bitch that um most of you firemen that love outdoors and stuff it would be your absolute dream home because it was mine and guys i gave up every fucking inch of all of that i gave up my trucks i gave up um the house because I knew that I could not fucking make a move and get out of that toxic environment that was destroying my health, destroying my mind, just everything. Because I was so financially strapped to have to work there to make that pay of that senior captain pay and working overtime and all that kind of shit that I know a million of you are doing right now. I had to have all that just to make fucking ends meet. So I gave up. My dream home, my dream truck, nice truck I've ever owned in my life. Gave that bitch up. Just all these different things to get me a little throwaway car that got good gas mileage. Moved back in with my parents with a kid at damn near 30 years old. And and then busting myself back down to a fucking firefighter. And all that. And it all comes with commitment and being able to adjust and handle the situation because it's what's best for you. We talk all the time about how, man, we can't fucking deal with this place anymore. You can't do this. You can't do that. The terrible leadership. The inability to promote. All the different horror stories that you hear people talking about all the time. Time and time again. It's all over Facebook and all that. Well, sometimes it's just going to have to take that fucking commitment, y'all. And it's gonna, you're going to have to eat shit. You're going to have to swallow your pride. I'm having to do it. Right now as we speak, it sucks, but it's part of it. You're going to handle your shit. You're going to do your shit. You're going to um, drink some protein and ice your fucking joints if you're me because your fucking knees and elbows and shoulders are torn the fuck up from all the damn training and drilling that you've been doing. You're going to have to do all those different adjustments and handle that shit. And then you'll be where you need to be. Then you'll get where you need to get. And for me, if it's staying in this firefighter position and promoting back up to senior, then fine. Then I'm getting to do it at a department that treats me good, that gives a shit, that understands the quality of needing to be home with your family, understands the need and quality of what your mind and soul are actually worth. Rather than being at a place that's just all about all we need is a certification and a pulse. We just we gotta just fill the spots, fill the spots, fill the spots. What's it worth to you? What is your actual health worth to you? Because for me, it was worth giving up 
eight years, almost eight years as a captain. That's a hard pill to swallow, but that's something that for the last several months, that's the conversation that's been happening in my house. And, yeah, things are hard right now, but once we get past all that shit, um, I mean, like, for instance, this department I went to, it's the first department in almost 15, a 15-year 15 career where we do a true swearing-in ceremony with a fucking badge pinning that the families get to come to. Now, one department that I was a captain at, they did a promotional ceremony. I will give credit for that, and I actually got fucking badged in. That's one reason why I know at the end of the day, in my heart, I will always, to some folks out there, I will always be a captain. Because for one, I earned that fucking captain spot. I did. And I earned that captain spot by keeping it and showing up every day and doing the job the right way for the right reasons. So, so for some people out there, I will always be their captain, and I'm cool with that. Uh, and for two, we actually did a true badging in, and I fucking got that shit pounded into my fucking chest, and I earned it and um, got the blood to fucking prove it. So you can't ever take that away from me because it'll always be there. But as far as having a true swearing in, everybody in class A's looking fucking awesome, this will be the first department that I will ever have actually been a part of that does that for their new hires, bringing them in. And that's something to me when we talk about bumper stickers and bullshit of the brotherhood of the fire service. If you're not doing that for your new hires, if you're not bringing them in under that caliber of umbrella of tradition, then you're failing right out the fucking gate. Because if all you can do is hire somebody, oh, you got your you got your EMT and fire cert? All right, you're fucking hired. We're putting you on the truck. Here you go. If that's how you've been operating and you can't even do the parts of bringing them in, letting their families come, let their families be witness to hearing the oath and seeing you standing up there with your brothers and sisters and all having to do this and all getting your badges and showing that level of tradition and let your family witness and watch and be a part of that. That's why your brotherhood is dead, guys. Because you're not even getting it started from the very beginning like that. That's a big fucking deal. I mean, the military... When guys graduate from fucking Marine Corps boot camp and they're doing their parade marches and shit, the family's there. The family gets to bear witness to the fucking hard-ass work that these guys put in. Whatever branch of the military it is, when they're graduating from boot camp, the parents and wives and husbands and all, they get to go witness and kids get to see that shit, get to see what mommy and daddy have done, the hard work they've put in and the sacrifice that's been put on by the whole fucking family. They get to see it. So it's automatically, there's your brotherhood. So for the fire service, we always used to do that. But in the last, I'd say, 10 years or so, maybe a little bit more, we're so fucking desperate on just filling spots and hiring people and filling spots and hiring people and promoting my buddies and doing this. and just It's just been a complete clusterfuck for years. Of just trying to get by that we're not even handling that basic shit. And so, 
I'm very proud to say that I'm part of a place that does not hire out of desperation, has not had to hire out of desperation, and are, are truly, from everything that I've seen so far, uh, do everything in their possible ability to make sure that these low-lying basics of bringing you in the right way are there. And it's for every single one of us. It doesn't matter for me, the 15-year guy. There's some other guys that are in my new hire group four years in, two years in. There's a couple guys. This is their very – they just got out of Fire Academy. This is their very first right out the gate everything. And we're all coming in the same. And that's pretty fucking cool because it lets us know that every single guy that we work with also – had to do the same. There was no buddy shit. There was no, oh, hey, I know such and such. We're going to hire him over here and make him fucking captain here. He gets to come in and basically run the crew however they see fit, and it may align with the department. It may not. No one has that ability here, and that's very, very cool to me. So, guys, that's really what I had for you tonight was just talking about the making adjustments and just understanding that sometimes making that commitment of, having to bust yourself from a senior captain or a right-up battalion chief guy down to a day-one rookie, that may be the right route for you, too. That may be what you need for your peace of mind or for your health. It may be what your family needs. If you're working at a place that has a schedule that absolutely is terrible and it's destroying your family, then maybe busting yourself down and having to start over but to get a good schedule if your department absolutely refuses to do anything about the schedule or refuses to do anything about all that mandatory overtime, maybe it's worth taking that little hit and pay or taking that hit and rank to go to a place that has a better schedule to allow you and your family to have the time that you you truly do deserve. We only get one, one fucking chance at this, guys. We get one fucking life. And... Me personally, I'd be damned if I spend it donating my every fucking absolute being to a place that doesn't give a fuck. That that's just me. That's a that's a hard lesson that I had to learn throughout my career and throughout all the hardships that I've been, you know, back and forth on in my life. I'm not fucking doing that. So some place that understands that and and truly recognizes the need for their men and women to have time off, family time, whatever you want to call it, that's worth a million dollars in itself. So if it's if that's something that you need, it might be time to make that adjustment. But that's just a little bit that I wanted to give you all tonight. I'm going to go in here and get to bed. i got to actually be on shift, back on shift tomorrow. Um, my week's been kind of because we had to do a few days of orientation and then I, I jumped straight into doing my 48 hour shift. So it's been it's been really a pretty hard week as far as that goes, because um, I was doing the driving back and forth on my orientation days and then jumped straight into a 48. So um, I'm just like I said, having to make the adjustments to all this. But now I'm, I'm kicked up. Now I'm on a 48 96 schedule and, and it's rolling. And, and so I'll, I'll get adjusted. I'll get my body adjusted, my sleep pattern, and all that kind of stuff adjusted and, and really get to be um, scheduling and being able to record this show and put it out like I've been doing. That is my goal. I'm just kind of right now playing catch up when it comes to all that stuff. And, and I got to get where I'm ahead on my recording so that they can continue to be posted on Mondays, uh, Monday mornings, because that's what I like to do. That's just something that I'm going to have to kind of get ahead of the ball. But um, 
guys, thank you to everyone that has already ordered a hat. For those of you that don't know, we got our third alarm cowboy hats in. They're uh, you know the mesh snapback hats. You can see them on our Facebook, see them on our website. They're available at thirdalarmcowboys.com. They're going fucking fast, y'all. Um, the people at the post office, when I carried all the boxes in yesterday, when I sent the first order out, their eyes got real big, and I was like, I'm fucking sorry. These sold a whole lot faster than what I was anticipating, and they just laughed and said, all right, well, that's that's good news then, and they just started scanning barcodes and, and shipping them out. So um, it's pretty cool. My, my ladies at the post office here are real nice, and they understand, like, sometimes I come in there with a shitload of packages, uh, and so they just, they're like, hey, it's all part of, you know, having a small business in, in a small town um and they like that because they know ultimately the fucking sales tax is going to roll right back into this and all the postage is going to continue to pay their salary so it's part of it but thank you guys for that um everyone that's ordered for those of you that haven't go get your hats y'all um i really want to start seeing these hats being worn everywhere the messages i'm getting you know a lot of new listeners have come in and they're asking what we're all about um of all different ranks. I've had some chiefs reach out to me and they're like, Hey, you know, seeing this stuff, what's this all about? Had a couple of my guys send me some of the reels. I'm, I'm just kind of trying to learn what, what you're all about. And, uh, you know, I give a little snippet, but I really want everybody to go listen to the show. You want to get to know me. You want to know how I truly feel and how I truly think there's no better way than listening to a long format show like this. That's where you're going to hear uh, the good, the bad, the ugly when it comes to how I feel about stuff. And so y'all continue to share the show and get this word out. And, you know, wear your hats. I know the shirts. Some of you have worn the shit out of the shirts. Some of you have ordered shirts multiple times. And I continue to thank y'all for that. I've got some more coming out as well as some other really big things down the pipe. Uh, we've been working on some big stuff with RJ. I'm going to let him do the announcement for it. But y'all just know that RJ has been recognized by some pretty big-name people in the boxing world. And so his career on the boxing side is about to blow the fuck up, y'all. And I couldn't be even more... I, I, I couldn't be more proud of him than what I am. He's doing absolutely everything he needs to be doing. And the fact that he's a firefighter at the same time and working his shifts and doing his training and then prepping and helping us with all this just crazy media shit that we're having to work on right now to get it all get it all lined up and everything uh it's a lot of work but with the tag team they've been handling the shit and really 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 doing a phenomenal job for me while i've been making this adjustment into a new job and a new role um these guys have taken the reins and taken care of me taking care of rj and really started working and getting the stuff um rolling and and making it very simple for us because let's face it you know when you're the new guy in the station you can't be on the phone all the time so when they're like hey we just need to know this or this and i send them an answer they jump on it and handle the shit and that's phenomenal that's that's what it's like to have a successful team that they all know the mission and mindset of the third alarm cowboys so i don't have to put a magnifying glass on everything i don't have to fucking micromanage because they know how i'm gonna feel about stuff all they basically need to know is if i like red or blue better for this or fucking green or black better for this whatever it is they're handling that shit and i absolutely love it it's the same thing for rj when rj has some shit that comes out or he needs advice when it comes we're looking at contracts for some media companies and and all that kind of big shit that's coming um they're able to handle that read the paperwork 
let us know this, this, or this, and we just do it. And that is fucking awesome. And I cannot thank everyone that's on this tag team, uh, and including the wives, uh, the families, uh, and, and um, husbands, because we've got a female that's on our tag team, y'all. Spouses of everyone that's on the tag team has also been very supportive of this shit takes dedication and this shit takes some time. It's not fucking easy to be on the laptop late at night when you want to be in the damn bed watching TV with your spouse. But we know that this, I got to read this and sign this contract and do this and blah, 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 all these different things. And that's what this team has been doing and handling behind the scenes for the last couple of months of some seriously big things that are coming up for us as an organization, um, whether it's on, on this podcast side and everything that I have on my side or whether it's on RJ and the pro boxing side and everything that's happening there. Um, what you are going to start to see in the near future is massive growth with the Third Alarm Cowboys in in several different directions. There's going to be lots more items that are going to be for sale. For those of you that um, are asking me, you know, you want different people are wanting different things to be able to represent us and to help us get the brand out, get the recognition out and start helping us share the message. And it's because they believe in this message of the third alarm Cowboys and they're proud to wear it, but they don't want to wear the exact same shirt every day. So I understand that. And that's something that's about to fucking explode and, and hand and just go crazy on. We also have all the stuff coming up in the pro boxing world that's about to explode. We also have some other items that are coming out that I've have been chomping at the bit for about two months now to release to y'all, but it's I don't have everything just dialed in just right. And so I don't want to um I don't want to let it all out yet. But we just have a lot growing and I cannot thank you all for the support enough. Those of you that have ordered multiple shirts now have ordered multiple hats. Y'all are phenomenal, and it really does mean the world to me that y'all are so in line with what we're doing that you're damn near, you've ordered enough shit that you can wear Third Alarm Cowboys tack gear seven days a week. That's so fucking cool to me. Uh, and I just want to thank y'all because there's there's quite a few of you out there that I see your names pop up on the order list, pop up on the order list. And then you'll say, well, I ordered this from my wife or I ordered this for my daughter. And so now you even got your spouse and your kids wearing our, uh, our gear. And that's, that's very, very, very cool to me. So we got a lot of shit coming down the pipe guys. Y'all bear with us. Um, we all have fire jobs. I mean, every single one of us that's on this tag team um, has a job, a full-time job in in the capacity of the fire service and emergency services. So, this is something that we're all building on the side and so it's, it's just really, really cool. It's cool because we all are like-minded and we're all handling shit at different levels and it, it's a really badass environment it's a great team and it's a great crew and it's what i've enjoyed about the fire service from the very beginning is just having a solid crew around you and so now i have that at the fire station and i have that when i'm on my days off so all right guys well i'm gonna go in here and get to bed y'all go to thirdalarmcowboys.com order your hats order your shirts follow us on facebook follow us on instagram continue to share our stuff Every, everything that I put out, whether it's one of my posts or just a generic you know, firehouse or anything like that, y'all continue to share. There's a lot of great information out there. There's a lot of really big things that are coming up. 
um, different events. We got all kind of like FDIC is putting out all their information. The more we can get out really good information, really knowledgeable people, and at these actual true leaders of the fire service, the more we could get their word out, the better direction that we have for the future, guys. We really do. And they, these good voices need to start drowning out the shit bags, and we'll be able to handle this shit, and we'll be able to really, really, really start steering the fire service in a good direction for all these young folks coming in. I know every single one of you work at departments that are growing, you're seeing and just the mass influx of developments that are going on. I just heard about some new legislation that's coming in in Houston and the population of Houston is about to start going even more through the roof because the city government of Houston is opening it up where people are going to be able to, if even if they do have their grid locked within the property that they own, they're basically now going to be allowed to build up, which in, they've never been able to do in the past. So populations are growing everywhere. That's uh, good and bad if you want to look at it. But um, as far as it goes for the fire service, is it means our demand is also going to go up, which means you're going to have lots of new people that have to be brought in, and we've got to get them rolling in the right direction with the right mindset and understand what a true brotherhood is, understand what doing the job for the right reasons are from day one. You cannot let them fall subject to some of these shitbag leaders. You cannot let them fall subject to some of these just selfish pieces of shit. We got to steer them right. Let the good leaders in the fire service steer them right. And y'all just get out there, take care of yourselves, take care of your crew, and we'll see you on the next one. Damn.